hit me. Hi, and welcome to the VR Gaming Podcast, a podcast about VR gaming, VR news, VR hardware, and VR reviews. I'm your host, Nick Lane. All right, on this episode of VR Gaming Podcast, it is, first of all, July 30th, and I'm going to go over the news. I'm going to give you guys my top 10 favorite games to play in VR, and I'm going to do the first review ever for this podcast on a game called Racket NX, which is for the PC, and that's what I played it on. However, it just came out for the Oculus Quest, so this will be relevant to you Quest owners. Um, Good stuff. Before I do that, before I get into the news, there is a little bit of a housekeeping I just want to go over with, and namely that I'm not going to be playing VR for almost a week straight because I'm headed to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to an event called Pinburg for my other hobby, which is pinball. I'm a competitive pinball player. I do a podcast, a stream on pinball. Uh, If you look up Buffalo Pinball on YouTube, you'll see me and uh, my co-host and uh, Vice President of Buffalo Pinball, Kevin Manny. Anyways, going to Pinburg, uh, which is the world's largest match play pinball tournament in the world. People from all over the world come to this. There's over, um, actually, there's a thousand players in it and over a hundred thousand dollars to be won. It's going to be an intense but fun experience, but that also means that I will not have the opportunity to play some VR games, which then means that. I probably won't be doing a show for a good week and a half to two weeks, which is okay. It'll be a nice little break, and I'll be refreshed and excited to come back and talk about VR. I might as well also do a plug for the event that Pinberg happens in. The event itself is called Replay FX. So if you're listening to this podcast uh, before it starts during this week or in the future, you can keep this on the radar for next year. But Replay FX is the I don't know how they describe it to me, the largest arcade in the world or arcade gaming event in the world. Uh, First of all, they bring over 400 pinball machines for the tournament, which can also be played uh, by uh, attendees at ReplayFX. But they're going to have old school retro video games, arcade games, board gaming, cosplay, you name it. It's from Thursday through Sunday at the uh, convention center down in Pittsburgh. Uh, Pennsylvania. It's just an awesome event. And if you're listening to this, you're a gamer, uh, you might find that fascinating and interesting. So check it out. It's called Replay FX. The other bit of housekeeping that I want to uh, mention and go over is that this is episode number three, uh, which is sort of, um, I don't know, a, a small milestone because my understanding with iTunes is that you need to have at least three episodes under your belt before you can be listed on there. And I know a lot of people listen to podcasts on iTunes, so here we go. Uh, Once this gets posted, I should be able to get that up on iTunes. I'll work on that when I come back if it doesn't happen automatically, but that's good news. Uh, This podcast can also be found on Spotify, which is obviously used by a lot of people. And I just got it up on Stitcher, which is the app that I use to uh, listen to a lot of uh, the podcasts that I listen to. All right, well, with the housekeeping out of the way, let's jump into the show and start off with the news. And I'm going to start with my kind of favorite topic of the moment, the one that I'm most glued to in VR news, which is the index. First of all, let's start off on a high note and some good news. The index, the full bundle, the full kit, the $9.99, is now available to be purchased. And when you purchase it, it ships. So uh, on the previous podcasts, if you want to try to order it, 
It would you kind of reserve it, and you wouldn't know when you would get it. Um, when you first ordered back in May, um, they were talking about getting it at the end of June, and then the um, kind of date shifted to maybe sometime by the end of September. So, good news is, at least potentially good news is, if you want the Valve Index, the full bundle, you can get it right now. I think there might be some delay on some of the other items if you try to buy them individually, but if you're like me and you're interested in starting from scratch with that system, the 999 one, you can buy it. Now, what does that mean? Is that good news? Is it bad news? Does it mean they're not selling as much as they thought they were going to sell or they just met demand? Or um, I don't I don't know. I don't know what that means. I mean, in my book, it's good that you can order if you want it. So that's a good thing. Hopefully, Valve is doing all right because I like having them in the arena of offering a high-end um, enthusiast-grade headset. I think we're, like I mentioned in the last podcast, we're in a really good place where we have the Rift, who's making more, maybe a more affordable, uh, arguably easier to use system. And then we've got the enthusiast grade valve index. I hope it continues like that for years where we have these options as consumers and that one doesn't tend to dominate the market. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's worth highlighting that it's good news that we have that. Now, to get to some of the not so good news, I really want to get the Valve Index. I'm really ready to upgrade my headset, as I mentioned before on the last podcast. I'm running with a Samsung Odyssey. I love the Odyssey. It looks great. I don't have the tracking issues that alleged some people have, but it's been a year and a half. I like opening a box of toys, and I want to have whatever the best thing on the market is, at least from a consumer perspective. Um, it, it, almost a day doesn't go by that, who am I kidding? Almost a couple hours don't go by that I'm not checking the Reddit on the Valve Index just to see what people are saying about it. They're starting to get it in waves and, and they're giving their reviews and they're listing their issues. Unfortunately, there's a lot of issues. Uh, last podcast, I think I highlighted the fact that there's the issue with the controller joystick not clicking in. All right. I mean, that's disappointing. It's not the end of the world, but now we're seeing some other issues. People who might have just gotten the headset and, and played it for several hours and then come back the next day and suddenly it's just not booting up or not working or, or Steam's not working or Steam VR is not working with the headset, which is just bizarre. Or there's base stations that are dead on arrival. Or there's new base stations that might have worked for a couple of days and now they're getting sort of this red light of death and it's not working either. Um, it's a little disconcerting. And unfortunately, the issues don't end there. There's more issues with the controller. I guess there's a, uh, a controller squeak that people are reporting on the trigger. So you pull the trigger, and that's something obviously you're going to be using a lot in VR. And already, there's a squeak associated with that. Now, I sort of know what these folks are talking about because when I had the Lenovo Explorer, after maybe a month, maybe two months at most, my controller starts squeaking and... I think most people, myself included, find that to be very annoying. It kind of drove me crazy. Whenever I heard the squeak and I'm playing games, it was just, it, it ruined the experience a little bit for me. And um, it was sort of unacceptable at the time that I had a controller that was only for two months and it was making a squeak. Well, it's only been maybe a couple of weeks or a week for some people and they're getting that squeak in their controller. So it's not limited to just the issue with the index controllers and not being able to click the joystick we're starting to see more issues coming and it's putting into question sort of the quality of this launch 
And last episode, I said it looks like a good launch overall. I'm starting to take that back and, and, and really wondering what's going on here. Granted, this is Valve stepping into the hardware department and manufacturing um, some gaming hardware, uh, which is new-ish, right, other than the, um, uh, what was the, the Valve system that they had out a number of years ago, the controller or whatever. But this is something new. So it's not like Samsung manufacturing something and they're kind of pros at it. So some issues are going to be expected, but I think we're reaching the point where, at least for me, I've got money set aside. I've got money earmarked for the index. I can order it today, but I'm not going to because I keep on seeing these issues crop up. So hopefully they get that resolved. I don't mean to kind of belabor the point, but again, this is a launch of maybe what's being considered the best consumer-grade VR headset, and a lot of folks like myself are on the sidelines interested in it, but not willing to plop down $1,000 for something that has more than just sort of, you know, new hardware, new game jank. These are some serious manufacturing issues, and the issues are prevalent enough on Reddit that it's not just a couple people that are having these issues. It seems more widespread. Uh, We haven't heard anything from Valve yet on that. It's early. It's only been out a month at this point that consumers have had it. I'm sure they're trying to address these things, but hopefully some communication comes in terms of when these will be remedied. I know they're doing RMAs and people are being able to send these issues back and Valve's replacing them. So that's the good news. And it's not all bad. These things happen. But again, it's probably a good idea to wait a little bit at this point until these things are hammered out. Another thing that I see a lot on that thread on the index is that there's just not a lot of games right now that are taking advantage of the controllers. That's to be expected. It's new. But in in, in some circumstances, it's just t- difficult to use. Um, and then I'm seeing lukewarm or even negative reviews on the controllers themselves. So who knows? I still want to get it. I still have money set aside. I'm keeping an eye on this. Um, I'm ready to pull the trigger, maybe pun intended, as soon as those issues are resolved with that headset. Let's jump back now on the positive side of things in the news. Uh, first of all, there was a article today in Road to VR, that website, check it out. A great source for news in, in VR uh, that the Oculus Quest is selling out. So Mark Zuckerberg in a quarter two meeting with investors said that um, the band for Oculus is exceeding their supply. And this is true. I, I looked today even, and on Amazon, you still cannot get the Quest until I think it's saying August 2nd now is when it's going to be back in stock. This is phenomenal news uh, for VR. Whether you own a Quest, whether you want a Quest, even if you're just going to always stick to PC gaming, uh, this is good news because the Quest is getting people into VR, which is going to get more game developers interested in making games for VR. And as they're making games for for VR, there's probably going to be a lot of crossover. If they're making it for Quest, Um, A lot of the times, I'm sure they're going to make a PC version as well. So this is really good news. I mean, like I said, this is a good time. 2019 is shaping up to be, and we're already halfway through it, a really good year for VR. So it was nice to see that news about the Quest. I'm keeping an eye on it. Um, Just overall, very good things with it. There's some additional information on um, both the Quest and Rift. They got an update recently that makes the controller tracking even better. So uh, one of the issues with the controller tracking, the inside-out tracking, because they don't use the exterior base stations, is that when you hold the controllers really close to the headset, 
because the cameras are on the headset, it sort of lose, loses track of uh, where the controllers are. I, I guess maybe the, the cameras get blocked too much or there's not enough information that is uh, going to the cameras where they can decipher where the controllers are exactly. Uh, the other issue is sort of if you hold one controller in front of the other and it blocks it, I was losing tracking. Uh, my understanding is that they just those systems, the Quest and the Rift S, just got an update and it's made tracking even better. Now, when I tried it to uh, about a week and a half ago, when I did my 10 whole minutes on the Oculus Quest, one of the first things I did in Creed was to hold the controllers right in front of the headset. And I did notice that it lost tracking, but I can say this, even before this fix came out and I did that test, it still tracked better than Windows Mixed Reality. So that's really good news. It's, it's good to see this progression that's being made with inside-out tracking. Who knows, two, three, four, five years, maybe exterior base stations will just be a thing of the past that they've just nailed exterior tracking, so it's 100% perfect. I would love to see that. It makes life much easier, and it seems cheaper to manufacture these inside-out tracking headsets than it is to have uh, the exterior stations because, again, Valve's charging like $300 for a total of, of two base stations, which is ridiculous. Moving on to some gaming news, uh, Space Junkies, who I, I think I mentioned last episode, I'm, I'm kind of really hot on that game. I think it's a great game. That is getting, uh, it was just announced that they're getting a flat version of the game. I guess the flat version is in beta. So the good news with Space Junkies is that even though this is it's not early access, it was released fully in March. Since March, it got some updates, adding new weapons. Um, it went from a 2v2 to a 3v3. And they're, Ubisoft is supporting this game. They're sticking with it, and it looks like they want this game to be successful. They, they've reduced the price to um, make the entry point more palatable for people to jump in. And this is important, considering it uh, relies on being a multiplayer game. Uh, and now they're giving much more access to this game by allowing flat-screen gamers to play the game. The question is, will, will flat-screen gamers jump to this game? Is it as fun as... Or listen, let's let's be honest. It's not as fun as it would be in VR, but is it fun enough that flat screen gamers will want to purchase this game and play this game over other kind of arena style shooters? Hopefully, hopefully it adds to the base of players. Like I said in uh, my last episode, there's at least fourteen thousand people that have played the game and have been ranked, so that's good. Crossplay helps that game a lot. Uh, maybe Ubisoft is going to bring this to Quest. Who knows? No announcements have been made. They probably have to kind of really scale down the graphics because the graphics are really good in it. But if they can come on the Quest, that's going to be a huge bump in terms of getting more people into this game and keeping this game alive for hopefully years to come. It is a fun game. Uh, I highly recommend it. And then one day in this podcast, I'll give it its justice and do a full review of the game. And more in gaming news, it was announced, uh, at least a strong rumor, that Splinter Cell and Assassin's Creed will be coming to Oculus. I'm not sure if it's the Rift or the Quest, but apparently they're getting uh, Assassin's Creed and Splinter Cell games. So more good news. This gets it on the radar of, of flat gamers who are seeing now that there's some AAA games coming to VR. I think the question is, though, you know, and we don't really know this at this time, um, are these going to actually be full-fledged games? Are they going to be new games? Are they going to be the older games made for VR uh, we have no idea at this point. It's just kind of minimal, but good news. And it also shows that Facebook is serious about supporting VR. And you know, say what you want about Facebook, 
But I have to give Mark Zuckerberg credit, and I think we all do if we're, we love VR. Uh, he is passionate about VR, and he wants VR to work. And Oculus is showing once again that they're doing things to do what they can to make VR successful on a commercial level uh, with the general population. So excellent news. Uh, talk about the, more, more about this as uh, this kind of the story develops over time. Uh, but good news. I think personally, I would prefer Assassin's Creed. I only played a little bit of Splinter Cell. I'm not into those kind of stealth games. Although maybe I am on VR. You know, VR can, is a totally different experience. So maybe stealth in VR is where it's at. But I can see a lot of potential with an Assassin's Creed game. I know I've played um, maybe the first three. Maybe I've taken a break in between some of those. and you know I've not played them all because they seem to pump one out every six months or something like that. But it's a good series, and it could be a lot of fun between climbing and soaring and diving and combat. There's a lot to it. I mean, that could be a really, really good VR game that if they do it right, it can get a lot of converts, I'm guessing, from... 2D or pancake gaming over into VR. And we need more of that. We need more AAA recognizable titles. That's not to say that it's not worth jumping into VR right now. Uh, it certainly is. But sometimes to win people over, there needs to be recognizable AAA games, full-fledged games, because the people who are crossing their arms and sitting on the sidelines and saying, oh, not yet, VR is not there yet, or there's not this or that, that's unfortunately how you're going to win them over. Um, unless you you know physically strap them down, throw a headset on them, and make them play some of the awesome existing games that are on VR right now. Um, short of doing that and crimi- uh, committing a felony, uh, we need more of these kind of AAA games coming to VR. Speaking of which, Wolfenstein Cyberpilot VR released this week. And you know what? I got to say that I, I wasn't excited about it when it was announced because it looked sort of like this kind of, I don't know, half-thought, throwaway thing. It's just you're, you're piloting a mech. It's a few hours long. Um, this is coinciding with the new Wolfenstein Youngblood game, which that game's not getting great reviews, as is. And also, I don't think the studio that is making Youngblood made the VR release. I think they, they gave that to another studio. So, um it's worth mentioning because it's part of this discussion that here's a recognizable game, all right. Although it's not the real game that's released in in the pancake, it's just a special made for VR, and it looks like it's just so they can get a game in VR and use the Wolfenstein name rather than being a really good game that's worth buying. At least that's what the reviews are saying at this point. I've not played it, and I can kind of see the writing on the wall, and I'm not going to spend my hard-earned money on that. Um, so I, I think this is kind of a two steps forward, one and a half steps back. Two steps forward in that Bethesda is supporting VR. And I think that's fantastic. And kudos to them. Um, where are the other big name studios and their VR games? So good job, Bethesda. Good job, Ubisoft. You guys are, are stepping up and doing things in this field. Uh, it's sort of two steps forward in that sense, but then one and a half steps back if it's just sort of a gimmicky game that's not that fun and not compelling and not getting good reviews because then you've got your your hardcore cynics who are saying, see, these games are just gimmicks. You know, what's in VR? It's not even worth it. The better game's on the pancake, blah, 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 right? So they, they use that as ammunition to kind of 
criticize and hold VR back. And by the way, these are probably people who never really played real Six Degrees of Freedom VR. But that's another show. I can't wait to tackle that uh, topic sometime. I'll also add on to this discussion and say that this is sort of an interesting and unique time. Um, There's not a lot of AAA material on VR. I mean, next to none. So it is an opportunity for somebody to jump in and make a AAA game and do quite well just because there's next to no competition in the field of AAA games. Uh, Companies can even do what Bethesda did with uh, Fallout and Skyrim. Just take a game that came out like eight years ago and port it over to VR. It's not to say that it's easy as flipping a switch and there's not work involved, but there's a heck of a lot less work than building a game from scratch. And the VR community is so hungry for games that are kind of full content, 10 plus hours or more, uh, AAA style sound, graphics, gameplay, that we would gladly accept a VR version of a game that wasn't built up from the ground for VR, maybe even have sort of this basic like waving your sword, waving your controller, waving your sword in Skyrim that makes little sense in Melee. But we accept that because there's just not a lot of competition right now. So there is money to be made in that field. And I'm kind of surprised that more companies haven't looked at their catalog and said, hey, maybe we should throw this game out on VR and get our feet wet and dip our toe in it because there's not a lot of competition right now. Um, That might not be the case in in two, three, four, five years. We don't know. Now's the chance to kind of get in on that money. Um, I just don't know why that doesn't happen more. I would like to see that more. I I think it would do quite well. I know I'm personally waiting for Borderlands 2 VR to come to PC. I was excited to see it on the PSVR. Disappointed that they didn't have co-op. But when it came out, there was that thing in the ad that said, look, there's like five months exclusivity with PSVR. Um, So that would have been up in May. Um, And you would have thought that maybe would have seen it by now on PC, but we haven't kind of heard a peep on it. So I don't know what's going on with it. I'm hoping it still comes out. Obviously, they're working on Borderlands 3, and they just had the Penn & Teller VR game from Gearbox. Uh, but I think that game will do quite well. And again, it doesn't have a lot of competition because most of us who have wanted a AAA game, well, you know, you had Skyrim that came out and Fallout that came out more than a year ago, and we've all played that. So we're, we're hungry for more in a game like Borderlands 2, even though it came out for flat gaming, I don't know, was it 2012? Years and years ago, can do quite well in VR at this point point in time now five years from now when the market maybe is is a lot more crowded we have games built up for vr from the ground right and it's a real true vr game i think it's going to be harder for a game like borderlands or games that might have come out a couple years ago to just simply be ported over lazily right without making more interactive kind of hand grabbing picking up objects mechanisms in it so you have a window of opportunity right now there could be some money being made Let's see some more AAA games that are maybe a few years old ported over to VR uh, because the VR community certainly has an appetite for it. I know I certainly do. And lastly for VR news, uh, Beat Saber got three free new tracks from Camellia, if I'm saying it correctly. So good news for Beat Saber and Beat Saber fans, which there's a ton of them. Um, It's always nice that you have a game and, and free content drops. I know when that game released, there was, what, like 10 tracks or something like that. We had to wait forever for some 
actual content from the developer, but now we're seeing that flow happening. So good news. Go get those tracks. It's free. You have nothing to lose. All right, that's going to do it for this episode's news. Now I'm going to switch over to something I've been looking forward to, which is talking about my top 10 VR games. So this is my personal list. It's not necessarily the games that I think are the best kind of objective or definitive VR games, but it's the VR games that I enjoy the most, the ones that I've got kind of the most time out of or I'm really impressed with. And I think this list will evolve over time, which is why I like the idea of maybe doing a refresh and doing this segment again in six months and see what's changed and what's remained uh, at the at the top or even on the list. Uh, so I'm going to start from 10, working my way up to number one. And first of all, who doesn't love a top 10 list? And I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about each game because I think these games deserve a review unto themselves. So in some future episodes, I probably will review most, if not all of these games, because I do think that they are worth having a longer discussion and talking about why they are so good. All right, without further ado, let's start with number 10. Again, I've been playing VR for a year and a half, coming up on two years. So that's sort of where I come in with my level of experience. And I have over 60 games in my library, so I, I, I bought a lot of games. I had a lot of VR experiences. Number 10 is the game Super Hot. Super Hot, fantastic game. I'm sure it's demoed a lot in VR arcades because it's easy to jump into it and just kind of take off. Uh, I think there's like one whole button that you have to push in the entire game, which is just to grab a gun or a, a weapon. I think that's it. So there's kind of beauty in the simplicity of it. It's in many ways, sort of like a puzzle game in that uh, the graphic and the art style is simplistic. Uh, you're trying to kind of fight your way out of these scenarios, these scripted scenarios. Uh, but the interesting mechanic is that when you move, time moves. So you're trying to figure out how to kind of knock out, kill the bad guys. Uh, but every time you move, they're going to move and their, their bullets will move and you're going to need to take them out. Really smart, ingenious game. The funny thing is that this game was actually a 2D game first before coming over to VR. It looks like it was destined and made for VR all along. That's super hot. At number nine is Rec Room. Rec Room, one of the best VR games out there. And also it's free. It's sort of like too good to be true. There's so much to do in Rec Room uh, that you're not going to get bored anytime soon. There's no barrier of entry because it's free. You're going to get a lot of hours out of this game. It's uh, There's quests that you can go on. Uh, so it's it's built on multiplayer. You can play with friends. You can make new friends in it. They have a mode that is like, um, what is it? Like a Fortnite-esque mode, right? Like a PUBG-style mode where it's the last person standing. Um, like I mentioned before, there's quests you can go on that, um, I don't know, might take a good hour or so to complete. They're very tough. And then you can even create your own rooms. People are creating user content on there. It's sort of a cartoonish style game, and if there's one downside to it, well, it's it's, it's not made for kids, but it's definitely kid-friendly in the art style and the presentation of the game. So there's a lot of kids in there. I get why parents put their kids in there. Um, however, if you're an adult and you find kids annoying, like I do, especially because I don't have any and they're not my own, uh, it might get grading. So Rock Room is best played with a group of friends because you can create your own kind of private instances and go for, through quests on your own. I even forgot to mention Laser Tag. Fantastic game. 
No reason not to check it out. It's free. That's Recruitment number nine. Number eight is the game Final Assault, a game that I just recently got into a couple weeks ago because uh, the developers released a free-to-play weekend, which is ingenious. I am surprised more developers don't do a free-to-play weekend. Uh, it's a nice way of getting into the game. And honestly, the only reason I bought it at the time was because I played it, I got hooked on it, and it had to be in my library. Now, I've known about this game because it's gotten positive reviews. I like the art style. It's a real-time strategy game. Uh, but it wasn't until I actually got to experience that I, I realized that uh, there's a lot of content here with this game. It's multiplayer. It's got a single-player campaign that will keep you busy for hours and hours. Uh, there's depth to it. There's strategy to it. Uh, that's Final Assault. It's a World War II real-time strategy game, sort of a cartoonish feel to it. Very well done. Uh, very polished game. And, I'm, and they're still doing tweaks and stuff to it from what I understand. But it is a game that's out and released um, and the game is there. It's, it's, it's done. So check it out. Final Assault, that's at number eight. Number seven is a game that, even before I got my VR headset, looked interesting, and that's called Thrill of the Fight. It is a boxing sim game that's in early access and has been since 2016. The developer for that game is fantastic. I swear to God, like every week, he's got at least one update to the game where he's just tweaking it and making it more realistic. Um, with that said, it, it is a, a sim. It is a real feel to it, and that's what I love about it. You play Thrill the Fight. Um, man, you play three rounds of that, and after 10 minutes, you're going to be exhausted, and you, your body is going to get a hell of a workout. It is super good for working out in VR. In fact, I think it's the best VR workout, and it will force you to use some boxing techniques. You can't just go in there and spam and, and flail. Again, the developers tightening things up with the controls. It's very well done. Presentation-wise, there's not a lot going on, but that's not the point. It just runs well, and it's accurate. It's good. Uh, thrill the fight will definitely give you the thrill of, of boxing, a boxing experience. In at number six is a game that also I picked up in the last month, which is Space Junkies. And apparently I can't shut up about this game because this is back-to-back -back episodes of talking about Space Junkies. But Space Junkies is an arena-type shooter. It's made by Ubisoft. It's well-done AAA game. And it's a uh, three-on-three, or you can six-player free-for-all, many modes, many guns, um, kind of anti-gravity game where you can just flow in all directions. Again, very polished, very good, very fun. I find that this is a nice game that if I have 15 minutes that I can hop into VR, this is a good game to choose because I can get in there, play a game, and feel, okay, I'm satisfied. I can move out of my, my day now. But also when I get into it and I have more time, I, I've found that that's a one more game type of game, which is the hallmark of what a good game is. All right. In at number five is the game Spark. Spark is a VR sport. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. It came out in November 2017. It's a 1v1. Think of Tron Disc Wars where you're trying to throw an object. In this case, it's not a disc. It's a ball at your opponent and you're trying to hit them or get it past them to uh, increase your odds of um, hitting them with the ball. Sounds simplistic, but it's super well done. It's very addicting, and it's easy enough to hop in and learn what needs to be done and how to play, but it will take hours and hours and hours of investing time in it to get really good. And it's nice because I think, to me, a game that, you know, I've spent like 30 hours in this game, I'm still getting better. That's, that's what holds my interest, and that's what gives it lastability. I, Spark was one of the first games I ever got 
the first day I, I, I got VR, and I'm still playing it to this day. It's so good. In at number four is another VR sport title, Racket NX. Racket NX, I just got this past weekend, and I am absolutely blown away by it. Where has this been all my life? It's been out for over a year. It came out in July of 2018. It was an early access back in 2017, and yet I don't know how it wasn't on my radar. It is so good. I think I might have heard of the title Racket NX, and I think, like, why do I want a game of racquetball or um, ping pong or whatever, you know, whatever I imagined in my mind, right? And I sort of dismissed it. And maybe I saw a screenshot and didn't think much of it because that's what happens in VR sometimes. You can't appreciate a game in VR until you strap on the headset and actually play it. You can look at screenshots, you can hear about it, and a game like Racket NX is probably not even remotely interesting in 2D. But suddenly, in this game, it's like a Tron. Uh, well, you know what? I'm gonna save the rest for the review. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna gush and gush about it in the review. So let's move on from Racket NX. I'm gonna review this later in this episode. Going to number three. Number three, Doom BFG VR. With so this is not a game that was officially released in VR. You need to buy Doom BFG which I think came out in 2011, 2012. Uh, and that was a re-release of Doom BFG, which came out, or, or Doom 3, which came out in 2003 or 4. So old game, right? Old 2D game uh, that's been remade and remade again. Somebody made a VR mod for it, and I think there's actually two. I had the one called Fully Possessed, but my God, uh, there was a reason that John Carmack, when he was working on a game to show off VR uh was using Doom BFG because that game is so damn fun. I mean, it's a good game, don't get me wrong, in 2D, but it is so damn good that even in 2019, playing a game that came out in 2003 is absolutely thrilling. Uh, That game has me screaming left and right like a little schoolgirl or boy. I mean, I'm not going to pick on genders. So uh, it's just so damn good. There's some jank to it. There's definitely some jank in just getting it to work. There's crashes. Uh, you're going to have to kind of go online and, and do some workarounds. But it is 100% worth your time. If you've not played Doom BFG VR, again, the, I'm using the fully possessed mod with the high-res texture packs, um, do it, drop, put, put pause, stop the podcast, do it, download it now. The game is cheap, Doom BFG, to get anyways and just get the VR mod, which is free. Uh, it's a hell of an experience. It's terrifying. I can play maybe like stretches of 20 minutes at a time um so i'm still working my way through it which is great i'm gonna get a lot of mileage out of this game because i i don't think i can do more than a half an hour between my heart rate and just the amount of times i can scream in my house before my girlfriend says all right that's enough uh, doom bfg super good i'll probably review it later on another episode because it deserves it okay last two uh coming in at number two is skyrim vr skyrim vr super Good game to port over to VR. We desperately needed Skyrim VR when it came out. Um, I think it came out on, on the PC VR in, in April 2018 because it was released for uh, the PSVR in, in, I think, November 2017. So, yeah, we got it in April 2018. And we were desperate for games that had a lot of content to it. And what game has more content than Skyrim? Uh, so it's the Skyrim Special Edition ported over for VR. And I think I have got 70 hours in the game. I actually had to restart at one point. So realistically, in this current run, I've got 50 hours. But uh, I feel like I've not even scratched the surface. There's just so much to do. This huge world. 
that again, if you played it in 2D, it's like you sold yourself short. Obviously, you didn't have VR back in the day when it came out in, what, 2011, 2012? But this game is such an amazing experience. There's times when I get to like a new realm or land or situation or mountaintop, and I'm just looking around and just literally pausing what I'm doing and just kind of taking it all in. That is VR, ladies and gentlemen. That's an experience. And even though there's some... It's not jank at this point. The game runs well. There's, there's, you know, some kind of waggling your your hand from melee sword combat. Don't worry about that. If that bothers you, you can use the bow, which works well, or or magic. Such a good game. And and by the way, get the um, Dragonborn speaks naturally because w- when you talk or converse in the game with merchants or other characters, you can actually say the voice lines, and that just leads to another level of immersion. Skyrim VR. Great game. Now, I didn't mention Fallout VR, and Fallout VR is not on this list because I haven't played Fallout VR. And um, one of the reasons is that Skyrim, that world just appeals to me a little bit more. But also, when Fallout VR was released, which came out um, I don't know, five months before Skyrim VR on the PC, there's just a lot of issues with it. It's just not optimized, didn't run well. So I didn't want to deal with that at the time. And also, I had a laptop that was had like a 1060 in it, so it just really wasn't an option. Now, I'm rocking a 1080, but I have so much left to do in Skyrim VR that I don't know if I'll ever get Fallout VR. Who knows? Uh, but anyways, moving on to number one, my current favorite VR game of all time is Pavlov VR. Pavlov VR. Maybe scratching your head, what the heck is that? Pavlov VR, you might as well call it Counter-Strike VR because it is Counter-Strike. Someone made basically a port of Counter-Strike. It even has Counter-Strike maps that you know and love, like Dust2, Office, Cache, etc. Um, people are modding the game. They're adding new maps in all the time, new modes like Trader in, in Terrace Town, which is like, a, uh, I can best describe it as, um, it's almost like a, those board games where you have like a, and traders in there and you're trying to figure out who it is. Oh my God, Pavlov VR. Is just so damn good. Very made so well for VR, where you actually have to load clips in your gun, cock them back, aiming down the sights. Multiplayer, very strong multiplayer community. Anytime I go to vrlfg.net, whatever it is, that's a site that shows how many people are playing a game at a given time. That game's like always number two, and there's always like 400 people at any given time playing playing Pavlov VR. Uh, if that's not enough to interest you, the game is only 9.99 when it's not on sale which is ridiculous because you're going to get so much value for this game. Pavlov VR is so good. I'll do a real review at some point in time. But that's my top 10. And like I said, I'll update it uh, in six months from now. Hopefully that gives you a better understanding of what games I'm into and what genres I'm into. Uh, If I miss something from this list that seems obvious and you're scratching your head while I didn't mention it, maybe I didn't play it. So feel free to send me a tweet at podcast VR, or you can also email me at uh, vrgamingpodcast at gmail.com. I'm very much open to recommendations. I find that valuable. Some honorable mentions uh, that didn't make the list currently are uh, Beat Saber. No, I like Beat Saber. I respect it. It's just not, I, 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 I get why people like it, but it doesn't do for me what it does for other people. Is that fair to say? I think so. Tabletop Gods is also on there as a mention. That's a real-time strategy game. I don't I, I think it's it's close to as good as Final Assault. Maybe some people even prefer it, but Final Assault's sort of my pick for a real-time strategy game, and I choose that over Tabletop Gods. I own both. They're both good. 
um, Elven Assassin, and the Serious Sam VR Collection. I'm sure there's many more. I'll do more reviews on these types of games, but that is my current top 10 VR games. All right, now it is time for the first ever review on the VR Gaming Podcast, and this is uh, quite unexpected. I thought about in the last couple of weeks what game I want to review first. This game caught me by surprise because I just downloaded it a couple days ago and have been like having dreams about it. I like it so much, and uh, finding excuses to play VR even when I don't have time, I like this game so much, and that is Racket NX. All right, so here's how the review's going to go, since this is the first one. I'll give an overview. Um, So I'm going to talk about an overview and the objective of the game. Then I'll go over graphics, sound, the controls in the game, the immersion. This is something that's unique to VR, right? Immersion's important. And then finally, last ability. After going through all that, I'm going to give it a score of 0 through 10. Okay, so what is the objective in Racket NX. What is Racket NX? It's a good question. How can I describe Racket NX? Okay, here's here's my attempt. Racket NX is like if the Tron universe, if Tron, pick pick whatever Tron, original or Tron Legacy. I'm going to envision Tron Legacy in my mind. That might be helpful. If Tron Legacy had a segment where in addition or or instead of Disc Wars, they were playing racquetball. Like Tron racquetball though. Like Racquetball might not excite you. I mean, racquetball is a fine game. Don't mean to pick on it. But like Tron Racquetball, that's what's going on. It's uh, got a, a solo component to it where you're sort of track um, tackling these these time these timed objectives and basically a way to hone your skills and you know trying to beat a certain pattern at a time. But it um, it's it's real life is in the multiplayer uh, game. So you'll hop in a multiplayer match. After you play some a random opponent, you'll get ranked against that opponent. So I'm super hooked on that kind of concept of, of playing somebody and trying to get better and trying to increase my ranking. That's fun to me. The matches themselves um, could be pretty brief. It could be a couple minutes, or I've never really timed it. I can't imagine that they go more than 10 minutes. That seems long. Uh, I sort of lose track of time in there. But it's it's to the point where I'm always finding that I want like one more game. and We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. But that's that's essentially it. All right, so Tron Racquetball, let's drill down a little bit. You're in this, like, glass sphere, and you're standing on a podium in the center of it, and your opponent's to the either right or left of you. And on this glass sphere, um, these kind of tiles come over, and it's kind of a lot of black is surrounding it, but within that are um, color tiles. Some are blue tiles, which are represented by, like, a health icon. Those are energy and then the um, targets in the game that you're trying to hit are these like kind of pulsating orange, yellow, red targets. And they're maybe like a bigger space. And this is all, by the way, like in a 360-degree environment. It's all around you in this sphere. And what you're trying to do is that you've got a ball. You've got one racket, so you, you, you can play with one controller. In fact, there's no reason to have holding on to another controller, so I just play with one. And you take the racket... You swing it at the ball, and the ball will go shooting out. It will hit the sphere tiles, and hopefully you're hitting um, the, the colored orange, yellow, red. And as you're hitting them, it's sort of destroying this like cluster of these tiles, and you'll get points. The more tiles you destroy, the more points you get. Sort of the trick and key to this is that when you go to hit the ball with the racket, um, you want to kind of turn your wrist a little bit you're trying to put some spin on it 
because when the ball hits the sphere and it hits the tile, if it's got spin on it, it will start rolling and then rolling into other tiles. Otherwise, if you don't hit spin on it, it's just going to hit the wall and come right back at you. And maybe you'll hit like one tile. So you're trying to trying to hit as many tiles as possible. Now there's kind of like boosters or power-ups on some of the tiles. So if you get some good spin on it, you might hit that. It will go faster and hit even more tiles. There's also bad tiles that you want to avoid. Um, there's kind of these almost like walls on the grid um, surrounding some of the tiles you're supposed to hit that uh, will influence how the ball interacts. Like some will kind of be like bumpers and they'll cause the ball to bounce back and forth, which will help you hit more tiles or some will cause them to come to a dead stop. Uh, there's also power-ups that appear during a match that kind of circle around you. So um, that makes the game interesting and different. Some power-ups will give you like cluster bombs so you can hit more tiles. Some will speed up the game. Some tiles are simply just points. When you uh, Some of the, the things that will spin around just points. And it will say jackpot when you hit it and you get, it's very satisfying. Um, but that's the gist of the game. It's kind of simple. It's simple to kind of jump in. But again, it's one of those things that you can work on getting better over time. I, I think I've got like five hours into it already and just, a, I think, total game. Um, but really good, very addicting, very one more-esque type of game. Moving on to the graphics, I sort of gave a good indication. I, I sort of described how the tiles are looking. You know, So you got the orange, red tiles, and you got the blue, and there's these kind of like uh, the tiles are these like grids within the sphere. And it's, think of, again, think of the Tron universe. It's these colors that are going on. So simplistic, but it's good. It works in VR and helps to have um, good, smooth performance, which you're going to want. You're going to want the games running at 90 frames a second or 90, 90 refresh uh, because it is a, a sport. So you want things running as smooth as possible. And the simplistic natures of the graphics, I think, helps that. The only thing that I... Um, I don't like about the graphics and this is it's not the graphics more of a design choice is that your avatar in the game it's kind of weird looking it's sort of like just like a bone structure if you will and then I don't know if it's like a lizard head or something it's not a person head it just doesn't doesn't do it for me the opponent doesn't look cool like that I like the way spark handles it where they allow you to do character customization and design a character it's more it's like a human is what it looks like um, I think that would be cool. It would look more Tron-esque, which, again, if you can't tell already, I like Tron. Um, so it's like a, a, a minor critique. But overall, the gra- graphics are fantastic and just simply work in this game without making the game cluttered or confusing. Moving on to sound, this is one of the best aspects of this game. The sound design is super good, super fantastic. First of all, it has a rocking, I shouldn't say rocking, it's got a nice electronica soundtrack that's playing and I believe the, the soundtrack is influenced by what's going on. So if there's a lot of targets, um, the soundtrack kind of, and then the targets kind of pulse in rhythm with the sound, you're able to tell where the targets are that you need to hit in the ball based on 3D audio positioning. Uh, the NX refers to, I think it's um, either software or some code in the game that's uh, NX audio. You're, you're welcome to, to Google it, but it's like a 3D positional audio system that this game uses now i wasn't i wasn't blown away with it i don't know if i would have noticed anything about the 3d positional audio in this i don't know if there's something janky on my computer and it's interfering with the fact that i have like windows sonic influencing uh, 3d audio positioning already and they're in conflict but regardless uh, it's very good i love the soundtrack the developer actually just recently made it so that you can download the soundtrack for free if you uh 
go to the website and hit subscribe to their email list so you can get that. Um, but it helps with that atmosphere. Again, Tron, right? Electronica soundtrack, playing the sport, pulsing, beating along. It's an experience. Uh, as a, a former raver, let's just say I experienced, I, I appreciate what they're pulling off with the sound design in this game. Moving on to controls, as mentioned, uh, you only need one controller for this, and uh, really only one button that you're clicking. It's simple. I mean, you've got your controller is a racket. When the ball comes, you hit it with the racket. You put spin on it by by turning your wrist. So there's you know different ways you can you can you can spin your wrist or do it from behind the back, over the back, whatever. I found that even with uh, Windows Mixed Reality, which I don't I don't get the complaints about tracking Windows Mixed Reality because I never really have any trouble with it. Uh, this game tracked flawlessly. Again, like five hours in and it never lost tracking for me. I was able to do things sort of like almost behind my back, over my head. Things where the camera shouldn't be picking things up. It still knew where it was. I didn't lose tracking. Um, it worked very well. And it, it goes in, in terms of, of control. I'm going to blend this over in, in, in kind of gameplay. Um, the physics in the game are remarkable. It's very convincing. And maybe this is more immersion. It's just very convincing, the, the physics in it. The ball responds how you think it's going to respond based on how fast you're swinging your arm and how the racket's hitting the ball or how you, you, you curve your, your wrist or rotate your wrist to put spin on it. It's very believable movements. I think this is uh, um, such a strong suit this game because if they fail at this part, part, if the physics are a little wonky or doesn't make sense, it's going to kill the immersion and it's just not going to work as a sport game. So they have this down so perfect. I've gotten really good control of the ball. I'm When I hit the ball... If it goes where I want, I know that it's because I did a good job, not because the game's acting weird or messed up. Or if the ball doesn't go where I want, I know it's not the game. It's my fault. I did it wrong. So very accurate, very precise, uh, really good controls, really simplistic too. You can put somebody in this game and explain it to them very quickly, and and they're going to get the concept of it. So I think it's kind of a cool game to demo uh, with non-VR people and to kind of showcase when they're first getting in VR because it, it, it can be quite addictive. Speaking of being addictive, uh, this goes into last ability. Last ability to me is, okay, you just bought a game, right? You spent, in this case, 20 bucks on this game. How long is this going to be a game that, that you're returning to and you want to play? Am I going to be playing this game six months from now? That's the question. I think this game, at least in this moment of time, stands up to having good last ability and that is because thanks to the oculus quest the oculus quest just released the game this month for that system even though the game has been out on pc for well over a year and it's gotten really good reviews on the oculus quest and, and rightfully so um the game has you spinning in 360 degree motion so oculus quest users this is a perfect game for them there's no cord to get tangled by right when you're spinning around that's one downside of this game, if you will. When you're on PC and you're using a cord, um, you're going to be spinning a lot. And you're always going to be aware of the cord and not hitting the cord, not tripping over the cord. How many times did I turn around? Thankfully and mercifully, the game, if you look down, it shows like kind of like where your cord's positioning. It will show how to kind of unravel naturally. So that's smart. The developers get that. That is in no way, shape, or form a reason not to get this game for PC because um, it's very playable. I'm beating people who are playing uh, Quest and multiplayer, which, by the way, I think everybody who's had a mic on that I talked to in this game is playing this game on the Quest. And I've never once in the last few days of playing this, five hours, have not been able to find a match in more than a minute. 
Um, matchmaking is very quick. There's always people on playing this game. So I think it's going to have good lastability for not only me, but also the community at large. It's a game that's uh, ranked really high in the ratings on Quest. It just came out. It's hot. It works very well for Quest, and I think this is going to be a game that, that people will pick up. And like we talked about earlier, the Quest is, is selling out, so this is a good time to hop in this game. Very strong last ability. All right, wrapping all that up. You know, I, I didn't say too many negative things about this game. I, I, I think I said I want the uh, character creation to be a little bit better, but that's it. I, I love this game. It's so fun. It's a perfect VR game. It's a game that you can never make in, in 2D gaming. Um, so you can be forgiven if you looked at or heard about Racket NX and never jumped into it. Um, give it a shot now. What makes it even better better is that there's a demo for this game. So I was like, what the heck? I'm going to try the demo out because somebody on the index Reddit was saying how good this game is at 120 hertz. So I'll try the demo out. I didn't expect that I would get the game or like it as much, but after about an, uh, playing the game for about half an hour, it was an immediate purchase for me. All right, now it's time to give this game a rating. So the rating system is as follows. It's a 0 through 10. And uh, if I give it a 0 to 2, that means don't wish this game on your worst enemy. 3 to 5 is we all make mistakes. 6 to 8 is a solid game. And if it gets a 9 to 10, that is a buy it. This game for me, um, as a VR sport title, for what it is, 20 bucks, is definitely a buy it. And I'm going to give it a 9.5. I think it's a damn near perfect game. I struggle to even think why I would even dock at 0.5 points, but it's hard to find a game that's 10 out of 10. I love this game. I'm very bullish on this game, if you can't tell. Like I said, no risk to you. Go get the demo. Check it out for yourself. It's a good representation of the game, although the real fun is in multiplayer, but you'll get the hang of it. Highly recommend it. That is Racket NX, 9 out of 10. Buy it. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the VR Gaming Podcast. I'm getting ready, by the way, just to hop in and play some Racket NX because I just got home from work and I'm fiending for that game, especially before I go to uh, Pittsburgh to play pinball for the next five or six days or whatever the heck's going to happen, and I'm going to hit uh, VR withdrawal. Uh, we got some social media. Love to interact with you guys and gals, see what you think, like to hear about your top ten, what games did I miss, what games should I play, uh, you can reach me again at on Twitter at PodcastVR, and also you can send me email, which I'm happy to answer or read on the show if appropriate. Uh, you can email, email me at vrgamingpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, have a good one, and I'll see you in a week or two. Take care. <laughs>